Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I am delighted today that we have four uh, fabulous executives from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. So with us today, we have Rudolph A. Johnson III, President and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association. Rudy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Rudy's also the sponsor of our show, so he's always welcomed <laughs> to be on. And so it's always a pleasure uh, when you are on, Rudy. Uh, thanks again. And then we have uh, Dwight Smith, our general counsel and general manager of legal. Thanks, Dwight, for being with us today. Uh, thank you, Dr. White. I appreciate the opportunity. Always a pleasure to have you on as well. He's my direct boss. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, definitely my honor. And uh, two fabulous colleagues, Damon Carson, general manager of education, instruction and operations. Damon, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Dr. White. Always a pleasure. Yes. And Kenneth Mazel, Chief Financial Officer and General Manager of Finance, rounding us out today. Thanks, Kenneth, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just kind of um, jump us in. I know a lot of times when we think about um, ethnicity and race, people define themselves differently. So I'm going to ask us first just to start with uh, when you think of race and ethnicity, how do you self-identify and why? And Dwight, I'm going to throw that, actually, Rudy, I'm going to throw it to you first. So how might you self-identify when you think about race and eth ethnicity and why? African-American male, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's apparent. You, you, you know, I, I don't have the luxury of kind of changing who I am when I walk out of the out of the door in the morning. It, it follows me wherever I go. Mm -hmm. Forgive me, I got some dog noise in the background. Not here. a problem. <laughs> um, but identify with, with that particular uh, cultural culture because um, it's kind of the, the root of who I am. Mm -hmm. um, it's at the core of who I am. And my inner strength comes from that experience and upbringing. And so um, I hold that close. I value that that mm -hmm. experience, mm -hmm. and um, I advocate on behalf of all folks. But mm -hmm. I have a soft spot for individuals that have traveled the journey that I've gone uh, mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rudy. Appreciate that, Dwight. How about yourself? How might you self identify identify when you think of your race and/or ethnicity? I uh, more recently see myself as black. I like to use the word black because I believe it um, unites the entire uh, African diaspora under one umbrella. Because we have, you know, African Americans, uh, Afro Caribbeans, Aborigines. I, I believe like the use of subgroups kind of forces us to separate and divide ourselves. And using the word black tends to unite, just like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the word white unites all Caucasians from Italy, Europe, Germany. So more recently, I identify with, with the word black because it's more encompassing. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Dwight. And, and that's really one reason I ask, because so many people, we all identify ourselves um, 
based on what that means and how that means uh, to us. And we often get asked that. So, uh, Kenneth, how about for yourself? For me, I'm a I'm mixed. I'm half French and half Caribbean, um, but I identify when I'm, you know, just out and about as being black because that's the nature of where I grew up and the environment that I grew up in. So I tend to lean toward more of that culture than anything because that's really all I've known and all I grew up in. So when I'm interacting on a day-to-day basis, I see myself as that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kenneth. And Damon, yourself. Uh, I've, I've known Dwight a number of years and it seems like we'd never disagree on, on anything, and that's that's quite rare, but I identify myself as a black man, a positive black man, uh, and, it, and it really stems from my parents, uh, who were both activists on, on different levels. Uh, so, so all throughout my childhood and my upbringing, uh, it was always stressed in the home to be a positive reflection on our culture and to embrace your blackness. And, and and strive to, to never let people see you differently than what you are and what you are raised to be. And that's a proud black individual. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you so much, Damon. Um, do I want to toss this next one over to you and just ask you, how else do you self-identify? I identify as a Chicago native son. So, <laughs> you know, grew up in Chicago and I think that experience growing up in by any major city uh, um, kind of reflects and, and changes uh, your attitudes and your experiences. Uh, I'm also a father, I'm a partner, I identify as a leader in the community and, and a mentor. Um, but, you know, I identify with Chicago because at the time I grew up, you know, the time I was in high school, there was some um, monumental civil rights things that happened. I grew up in a neighborhood I was actually uh, bust into my uh, community, um, you know, d- didn't have a, a black community around with bust into a white community, but at the same time was aware of all the rich culture going on in Chicago. I, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, but mm-hmm. was aware of all the rich history of, um, you know, the, the Black Panther Party, the Nation of Islam in Stony Island, and, and also seen a lot of activists about um, you know, Nazis marching in, in Skokie. So mm-hmm. just seeing how everyone was uh, using, using their voice mm-hmm. and advocating for what they believe, I think that was a, a, a big way of how I identify myself of being a, kind of like an activist or being uh, aware of the conflict within our mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Dwight. And Damon, how about yourself? How else do you self-identify? Uh as a husband, uh, as a father, uh, as a as a good neighbor, um, as a as a leader, uh, as an HBCU alum, mm-hmm. uh, and and shout out to my boss as a Kappa man. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I think that's just a. I think it's a fair representation of my journey kind of throughout life and, and how I've evolved uh, mm-hmm. into a mature adult. And, mm-hmm. and every one of those aspects that I've mentioned have, have really molded me into the, the individual that I am today. Mm-hmm. Great, thank you so much, Damon. And Kenneth, how about yourself? How else do you self-identify? 
I would echo what Damon's saying. I, I think first and foremost, I would call myself Southern, being from Orlando, Florida, getting those traditional values, saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Those are the environments that I was raised in. And then, you know, looking deeper, you know, a husband, you know, a father, you know, a, a pillar in a community, a leader. Those are the things that I feel like like resonate with me the most when I'm explaining who I am and, and what I stand for. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Kenneth and Rudolph, taking us home with regards to how else do you yeah. self-identify? Well, obviously, you know, a family man, you know, a husband, a father, a grandfather, um, definitely a member, um, a productive member of society. Um, I see myself as an individual that comes from a long legacy of uh, advocates in the African-American or black community, Um, an individual that wants to take the formal training I've received by way of school and mix it with that grit and, you know, just grassroots um, experience to create something that is going to move the needle for the masses that either don't have a voice or are underrepresented. And that's kind of always been my vision. So, um, yeah, that's kind of who I am. That's how I self-identify. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. I asked that question because I know that we are all um, much more than just our race and ethnicity. And at the same time, um, I also know that race and ethnicity certainly impacts our journey. Damon, you mentioned HBCUs. I'll say for our listening audience, that's historically black colleges and universities. How many of you actually went to a historically black college and university? Yeah, so shout out to, okay. And and that would be, I think, what, Texas Southern, Rudy and Damon? Okay, Kenneth, where'd you go? Uh, North Carolina A&T. Okay, awesome. And I went to Grambling. So shout out to the historically black colleges. Dwight, not to leave you out. <laughs> yeah, do not leave me out because my father attended Prairie View A&M. All right. So, All right. So Great. There we go, right? Yeah. And that, that was a huge tradition in my own family. My children, uh, I guess two of them would be fourth generation Grambling Knights. So uh, definitely appreciate that. And then, um, Damon, I did hear your shout out to the Omega Man. Um <laughs> And yourself being a Kappa, right? So also a shout out to them, the Divine Nine, our historically Black fraternities and sororities. Anybody else? Uh, Kenneth, are you um, part of a pan? No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Just another aspect of our identity. How has being a Black or African-American man impacted your life and leadership journey? Damon, let's start with you. Well, what really comes to the forefront of my mind is, is is being a black man and my leadership journey and my experiences has created a lot of resiliency uh, in me and, and, and what you see. Um, it, it's no secret that, you know, a, a lot of us black men, we, we enter into rooms and enter into venues and there's not very many people that, that look like us. And, and so you know, there's there's a couple of different ways you can react to that. You know, you can put your guards up and, and be on the defense mode, or you can embrace the opportunity to share 
who you are with, with, with a group of people who don't necessarily look like you. Those experiences have been both good and bad for me. But what I can say is, is I've learned more from the bad experiences than I have from the good experiences. And some people will say you learn more from your mistakes, that's the analogy, uh, than you do your successes. But those bad experiences, and I'm, I'm terming them as bad just because how I walked away from those settings, mm -hmm. I really, it really gave me the opportunity to reflect and, and really build some, some, a certain amount of empathy for people mm -hmm. and how they see me and how they respond to me. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and really challenge myself to, to work on myself, to be able to almost become sort of a chameleon and, and just mm -hmm. shape myself for the, for the environment and, and, and change my tones and, and change my approaches uh, just so I can get beyond kind of that superficial level, level of conversation or interaction. Mm -hmm. So my, my journey has been just taking the experience learning from it and, and, and really shaping yourself for the next opportunity to really have people understand who you are, where you come from and what you're about. Wonderful. Thank you, Damon. Damon, would you be open to double clicking on one of those bad experiences and sharing, any, sharing anything else regarding that? Absolutely. Uh, there's, uh, it's sad to say there's too many to kind of speak <laughs> of, but you know, I could, I could remember um, uh, early in my uh, college career, I went to a, a predominantly uh, white institution, Northern Arizona University, um, freshman year. And because of my entrance scores, my SAT, and um, you know some of my transcripts and things like that, I, I was placed into an advanced calculus class um, freshman year. And that's kind of rare uh, for freshmen, and regardless of race, ethnicity. And so I, 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 I walked into the class, which was in a lecture hall, typical lecture hall, probably, you know, 70, 75 students, uh, just kind of filtering in the classroom. And the professor took time to, to ask me, um, are you sure you're in the right place? Mm. And, and so, uh, even though it was on my schedule, uh, I, 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 I kind of, I, I guess for lack of a better word, kind of clammed up. You know, I didn't respond. I felt somewhat embarrassed. I felt almost, you know, just bad or ashamed for being there in that environment when I absolutely had the right to be there. I was registered in the class and, and this is the class they selected for me. So, you know, looking back on that, you know, I felt bad at the moment. And, and, and what I learned from that is that was an opportunity for me to really speak my voice and, mm -hmm. and say, you know, I am here and this is the reason why I'm here um, in your course, because I have all the necessary mm -hmm. qualifications to be here. Mm -hmm. So that was that was that was a bad experience for for a 17 year old kid, mm -hmm. uh, you know, proverbially from the inner city. But but as I reflect on it, I guess that was kind of the beginning of me not being able to use my voice in, in mm -hmm. those type of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you, Damon, for elaborating on that and just um, sharing a little bit more. I really appreciate that. I see that we need to go to break. So we'll go to break and when we come back, 
we'll ask um, more of our guests to just share how has being a black or African-American man impacted your life and leadership journey. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters. Informing leaders, inspiring solutions, and today we have the pleasure of having the executive team from Neighborhood House Association, four of our fabulous leaders with us. We have Rudolph A. Johnson III, President and CEO of the Neighborhood House Association, Dwight Smith, General Counsel and General Manager of Legal, Damon Carson, General Manager of Education, Instruction and Operations, and Kenneth Maisel, Chief Financial Officer and General Manager of finance. Uh, Thank you again to each of you for being with us. Before we went to break, uh, Damon, again, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your life journey with us. I'm going to toss it over to um, Kenneth and ask you to just share a little bit about how 
being African-American or a black man has impacted your life and leadership journey? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that in finance, there, there tends to not be a very diverse group, um, just particularly when you're working in that industry. And the biggest thing that I had to deal with in this industry is just knowing that it's the first time some people might meet people who look like me. And, and so all they have is those experiences and those stereotypes that they set forth. And you have to go over, you know, come up, overcome those barriers to you know, to break them down, to show them that you can do those jobs, you can, you know, you can be successful. So I think that those were the biggest hurdles that I would see in, in the finance industry. And and it's getting better, you know, as, as more people, you know, are doing, you know, speaking out and about joining finance, doing podcasts and, and radio shows like these help people understand that, you know, there's different industries you can go into when you're, you know, a person of color. So I think that's very beneficial in helping out uh, over, you know, the overall scheme of things. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Kenneth. And Rudy, how about for yourself? How has been being an African-American man impacted your life and leadership journey? Well, there are so many layers of that. I think the first layer is just the role historically, you know, born in the 60s and kind of growing up in the 70s and coming into adulthood in the 80s. You know, there was always a negative uh, connotation associated with African-American men. Um, in the 60s, when you go back and you, you look at how that evolved, uh, there were um, probably more households that had single parent uh, households than households that had dual parents inside uh, the household. And usually in those single parent households, those were women really running those households. And so learning how to be a responsible male in the African-American community meant you had to seek out, you know, role models or examples. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home that had a male role figure in my, in my household. So that's number one. Second layer would be really just community. And I think some of my colleagues alluded to that. I mean, just walking through the room and how you present, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Um, you don't, you can't just be good. You have to be like excellent to be good. And then you have to be super to be excellent. Right. And so really kind of understanding that and really not um, being upset with the fact that you're not going to be privileged as you're moving through society. And then when you get all of the trimmings and all of the education and all of the experience and the body of work, there's not an automatic pass into the C-suite. You know, someone has to groom you, prepare you, open up that window of opportunity and risk having you serve in that capacity and be successful. And so looking at, you know, those, those three layers it's really tough for, I think, African-American men to break through uh, and get into positions that you see and hear um, on this show of individuals that have kind of walked that journey. Thank you, Rudy. And Dwight, how about for yourself? How has being a black man impacted your life and leadership experience? Uh, I gotta really reflect on all the comments uh, 
my peers have mentioned before me, but really being black has really motivated me to go above and beyond, you know, to overcome perceived limitations. Um, you have to work harder and smarter and you have to stay positive. I think Damon mentioned the point about being resilient, right? And I think when you're operating and working, living within the system, that's really designed to block your progress and to keep you down, pretty much almost like a, a caste system. Very hard to be resilient and it's important to stay positive. Um, as Kenny mentioned, you know, growing up in law or being in the legal profession, got used to being the only one in the room and gotten used to maybe not getting the client assignment because the client may not be as um, you know open-minded. Got used to just having a lot of excuses, but yet, you know, having great role models as well, you know, uh, being able to keep on despite, you know, how challenging it is. And again, just staying positive. That was so essential. It's easy to get angry and that anger could, you know, prevent you from achieving your greatness. So uh, it's a it's a difficult balancing act. But um, I think when uh, we can use all the experiences and challenges that we've have, it makes us a much more effective leader when we get that opportunity. Well, thank you, uh, Dwight, and thank you, uh, Kenneth and Rudy, also for sharing uh, your experiences in this segment. Ken, I'm going to go back uh, to you and just ask you if you'd share one or two lessons that you've learned during your life in our leadership journey. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, lesson that I learned is that you can't take on all the issues, especially when it comes to African-American on your shoulders when you're trying to do a good job. I think that I would focus on early in my career that, you know, I have to be the best here, you know, or they wouldn't hire other African-Americans when really you should focus on doing a good job being active, being present in that moment. And that made it easier for me to be better at my job than to carry that weight while I'm doing it. Thank you, Kenneth. And um, uh, Rudy, how about yourself? What might be one or two lessons you've learned in your life and leadership journey? Well, you know, I think the first lesson is you have to really understand the core, you know, mechanics of your your craft. You know, I heard the white talk about being an attorney and walking into the room. Well, the bottom line is whether you're black, white, or any other ethnicity or gender, you still have to understand law, <laughs> right? So there, there aren't black lawyers and white, you know, it's, it's like you have to understand the concept of law. And for me, um, I learned that early in my career that if you wanted to become whatever, you know, executive director, own your own business, whatever it is you wanted to do, you really had to understand all aspects of your craft. So there are no passes. And then the second thing is that I learned, you know, again, this privilege thing, you're not going to walk into a room and automatically be the first one selected. You're going to have to earn your spot. You're going to have to convince individuals that you're responsible, that you have a vision, and that you can execute your vision. And so um, those are probably the two lessons that I've learned on my journey. Thank you, Rudy. And um, Dwight, can we have you maybe share one or two of your life um, lessons and 
So uh, for me, it's really important that uh, you learn how to develop an internal locus of identity, not look outside externally for your environment to define you. I, that's a very important lesson for me. And, and really just treat others like you want to be treated. It's very easy to have someone mistreat you and you're going to, you know, pay it for with the same thing the next person you say. But I think that's a self-defeating uh, uh, situation. So just learning how to treat others like you want to be treated, it keeps you in the right frame of mind. It keeps you positive. Um, really, a mentoring those who come behind us. Um, we always have to prepare the next generation. I didn't realize all the people in my life that really helped me get to this far, but but then when I look back, I see at those key moments that that one teacher or that that one partner in, in that uh, accounting firm or, you know, that that one coach on that high school football team that knew you should have been the starting running back. But, you know, somebody else needs to get the glamour. So just learning how to, um, you know, stay positive and, and, and pay it forward. You know, you got to mentor those who are coming behind us because we got to keep this train moving. So that's what I've learned. Great. And Damon, we come back on the other side of the commercial. I'm going to ask you to share as well. I wanted to just double click on a theme I'm hearing, and that is um, each of you have shared circumstances in which you have really kind of like mastered the art of responding versus reacting. Um, from Damon's walking into the class to each of you kind of sharing some of your experiences, there are lots of opportunities to react um, in kind to what you experienced, um, mirror maybe um, negative experiences, yet you've maintained and you've been able to uh, respond thoughtfully um, in a way that was, um, Dwight, as you've underscored, positive. Uh, anyone want to double click and say a little bit of something with regards to just that ability to rise above your circumstances and to respond um, based on your vision for yourself? Or what's going to be most productive for you? Well, I, personally, I, I think, mm -hmm. you know, I, I really love what Dwight said. Um, mm -hmm. It starts with self, mm -hmm. um, really loving and respecting self. And then, you know, kind of mm -hmm. permeating that love and respect outwardly. Mm -hmm. um, you can't mm -hmm. let society define you as an mm -hmm. individual. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is really being comfortable with who you are. Mm -hmm. and being confident in who you are. So um, that's kind of what I would add to it. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rudy. We're going to go ahead and take a short break. And when we return, then we're going to ask you to share. I know you've already um, shared a little bit with regards to lessons learned, but I'm going to ask you to share more with regards to one or two lessons you've learned during your life and our leadership journey. So stay with us and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters. Informing Leaders. Inspiring Solutions. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Leadership Matters is brought to you by Innovisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. 
Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm your host, Cheryl White from the Neighborhood House Association. Delighted to have four fabulous executives from the Neighborhood House Association with us today. Rudolph Johnson, the third president and CEO. Dwight Smith, general counsel and general manager of Lego. Damon Carson, general manager, education, instruction and operations. And Kenneth Maso, chief financial officer and general manager of finance. Thank you again to each of you for joining us today. Damon, I'm going to ask you if you'd share just one of your many or two of your many life lessons that I'm sure you've learned along your life and leadership journey. Sure. And, and, and just say, God willing, I still have a lot of journey ahead of <laughs> me and, and continue to work on some of the things that I, that I think I need to work on and learn some of the lessons I still think I need to learn um, in, in both my personal and professional life. One of, one of the things I, that I've really been focused on and really working on uh, as, a, as a leader, as a, as a black leader, is, is really supporting my peers with sincerity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that goes a little deeper than, you know, as we say, I got your back. You know, when you do something with sincerity, you know, uh, those are the constant check-ins, the constant reinforcements the constant encouragements and the, the open and honest discussions with your peers so you can, you know, continue to learn from one another, uh, build each other up and, and, and continue to work on your skills um, as a leader. Puts us in a position to continuously open doors for one another. You know, um, personally, I, I, I want to do more about in, in, in the light of bringing individual black men along with me on this journey. 
And so I, I, I recognize um, that through my career, I could, I could be better at that. And I, I'm making a conscious decision to do better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing that I've learned is uh, for, for us as, as, as us leaders of our four leaders on this call is really to embrace our unlimited potential. You know, the, the, the way that we've described our journeys, our, our education, our, our life skills, our upbringings, it just shows that we have so much unlimited potential that we need to embrace and build upon and, and, and do that collectively. Um, the last thing I'll say, um, and it's the, this is another thing, I guess I'm working on a lot, right? I'm a, I'm a serious work in progress here, but I'm, I'm really learning how to speak up and say something when you when something happens, you see or hear something and it doesn't sit right with you. Mm-hmm. And, and and Rudy uses the word confidence, and I think that's fitting. Be confident enough to point that out mm-hmm. and, and say that in a in a room of one or two or in a room of three hundred. And and so as I continue to grow as a professional, as I continue to grow as a as an individual, those are the three things that I'm learning and, and continuing to work on. Mm-hmm. Love that. I think you've all said so much. And I love that um, that confidence, that um, courageousness, that starting, as Rudy said, with that self-love and that full circle. I think of Silk Sonda with leave the door open, <laughs> um, but really leaving that door open, opening that door wider and supporting others along that journey um, with you, I think is just uh, a really fabulous takeaways. And it's how we continue to make a positive difference. Going to um, Rudy, maybe start this next question out with you and say, you know, what would you like others to understand about um, African-American or black men? And what can you do to be more supportive? Uh, Or maybe I should say, what can others do to be more supportive and allies to black men? Wow, those are Two good questions, actually. Um, I've always seen African-American males are kind of diamonds in the rough, so to speak. And um, there are times when you have to grab them and polish them up. And once you polish them up, put them in positions to be successful and give them an opportunity to shine, right? Um that's kind of been what I've tried to do in my career is, you know, grab individuals that may not necessarily be presenting as excellent or um, on a trajectory of leadership, but have potential. And you, you know, try and breathe some depth and breadth of knowledge in those individuals and then, you know, be brave enough to give them the opportunity to perform. And I say brave enough because the easy thing to do would be to grab individuals that are already, you know, shiny and surround yourself with a whole bunch of shiny individuals. Right. Um, And the reason why I believe in that is because obviously I didn't present early in my career as someone who was going to be um, a leader in the community 
Uh, but I had individuals grab me, polish me up, breathe some depth and breath and uh, knowledge, educate me, school me. And then the last piece is give me an opportunity to shine and be bold enough and brave enough to do that. Wonderful, Rudy. That's really powerful. I love that, recognizing and cultivating potential and then being brave enough to give them the opportunity to perform. Thank you so much for um, sharing that. What a powerful way to um, be a leader and an ally. Dwight, how about for yourself? Who would you like others to understand about Black men or uh, what can others do to be more supportive and allies to Black men? I believe people should understand that Black men are as diverse in thought and belief as any other man. I mean, I have colleagues that, you know, we've grown up in uh, some poverty, some wealth, and I may have uh, different opinions than that individual, but, you know, Black men are diverse beliefs, thoughts, opinions, likes, dislikes. But what is helpful is that if a person can uh, be supportive by taking the time to appreciate that personal journey and experiences that the individual may have lived. Um, you know, take a minute to walk a mile in that black man's moccasins, you know, because your experiences will really shape your uh, attitudes and your beliefs. Um, I think it's just important to really appreciate the journey that individual may have taken. Um, ask like, what was that like? That's how you begin to understand uh, a person. Just ask the question, what was that like? Uh, uh, like the law school I attended, people will say, oh, it's a great law school. Well, if you ask me what it was like, it, it was only a great school. It wasn't a very nurturing environment. It, it was uh, almost a hostile environment. But, you know, that's what it was like for me. Uh, and it was not like that for other people. So, you know, my brothers talk about the HBCU. I said, boy, did I miss an opportunity, right? you know, to have that support. So um, I think it's really important to just take a minute to learn what that person has experienced in their life. And that's how you connect. That's how you can help any person, any man. Mm -hmm. Powerful and so true, Dwight. Thank you so much. Um, Damon, how about for yourself? What would you like well, others to understand about Black men? And what can others do to be supportive and our allies to Black men? Well, I, I think, you know, again, I think my colleagues have done a wonderful job in in describing the experience and, and, and what it's like and, and, and what can be done. I'll try to take a stab on the, the supportive side of the question and, and what more can be done in that regard. You know, I think more forms essentially like this that, that really um, focus the, the conversation and the dialogue around the, the role and the impact of, of black men um, in our local communities. You know, uh, as I'm sitting here and, and, and we're here and we have the pleasure of being in Southern California, I, I really struggle with, with trying to identify forms of discussion on a platform or a podcast or any type of streaming mechanism that, that really deal with the issues, challenges, the, the, the potential of, of black men. And so, you know, in terms of being more supportive, give us platforms where we can have dialogue and we can tell our stories and, and describe our journeys and our paths and encourage 
uh, young black men to pursue their dreams and and, and really uh, don't stop dreaming until they accomplish everything they set up to accomplish. And so I would just say more platforms for us to come together as black men and have discussions like this. Awesome, Damien. Well, I will look forward to doing that uh, myself and, and having uh, each of you come back and really sh share more than the tip of the iceberg of your stories, but really maybe share more as uh, Rudy would say in other instances, but that kind of applies here, depth and breath. There's a lot of depth and breath that each of you bring. And I certainly look forward to hearing um, more about those and think they would be a learning opportunity for all of our listeners as well. So uh, thank you. And Kenneth, how about yourself? What would you like others to understand about black men or, or should I say, and, or uh, you can share both or either. Um, what can others do to be more supportive and allies to black men? I think the first thing is just understanding that black men are human. We have same wants, we have desires, you know, we have goals, we're driven. I think understanding that and we have those same traits that you yourself have and understanding that and being open to that. And then I know, uh, you know, the word courageous has been thrown around, but I, I think, you know, when you're looking at this topic is being open-minded, you know, being courageous enough to actually uh, giving that person that opportunity. Like Dwight said, maybe giving them that big client, you know, taking that chance, like Rudy mentioned, you know, maybe you see something in them and giving them the opportunity to fail. And it's really being uncomfortable is what I would want to say, you know, be comfortable with being uncomfortable and, and giving African-American men chances that they deserve, not what's given, just what they're working hard for and seeing that they deserve those opportunities. Mm, awesome. More powerful thoughts, uh, wonderful thoughts from each of you. We're going to take a, a final break here, but when we come back, I'd love to hear just some final thoughts that each of you'd like to share uh, with our listening audience. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 619-453-8093. That's 619-453-8093. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is swite at neighborhoodhouse.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness service. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insights from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward 
earn that promotion, and get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl White at swhite at neighborhoodhouse.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we are back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I have enjoyed today's conversation and would love to hear some final thoughts from each of our guests. Uh, Dwight, why don't we start with you and say any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listening audience? Yeah, just a general comment about, uh, let's call it the Black condition. So here at Neighborhood House, we have a Black infant health program. It's because of the high mortality rate of Black infants. I believe that the Black male is an endangered species, right? Uh, you know, we, we have sons and we really hear and we dread about all the attacks upon our young black men. Not to say that they don't attack our black women as well, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I look at the black man as an endangered species and needs to be treated with that. But, you know, saying that, I just know we cannot wait for a savior, right? We have to be self-resourceful. We need to take responsibility uh, for ourselves and for each other, again, for ourselves and each other like many other communities do, right? Um, I think it starts with the family. Uh, there's a need in our community to nurture the family uh, and, and nurture our children. Uh, I believe that at some level, my work here at NHA contributes to that by supporting children at a very early age and supporting the community through the different stages of life. Uh, so that's, that's my uh, party thoughts. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. You know, Dwight, that takes me to, um, you know, we talk about um, Black Lives Matter. And I was listening to a comedian and he was saying, you know, when we say Black Lives Matter, it's like we don't say um, if I say save the whales, it doesn't mean kill the dolphins. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes we don't necessarily want to emphasize one group because it seems as if there's something negative being implied or left out about another. But I think you um, clearly raised the point of why there might be an emphasis on ensuring that our black men uh, receive the support and our young black boys receive the support that they need so that they can thrive here in America as well. So thank you for those final thoughts. How about yourself, Damon, final thoughts from you? Uh, first, let me just say thank you, Dr. White, for allowing me to, to be a part of this group and just to, mm-hmm. you know, share a couple of nuggets of my experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. You know, really, I'll just I'll just say I'm looking forward to part two of this discussion mm-hmm. uh, with my colleagues and and maybe even mm-hmm. a few others, uh, where we can have some some open dialogue uh, about you know our families. We, we can have mm-hmm. some open dialogue about politics. Uh, social justice, the economy, and and last but not least, sports. So, <laughs> looking forward to growing this growing this group. Looking forward to us, mm-hmm. you know, monthly coming in and contributing on on mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. 
I'm just looking forward to the potential of this this discussion and this group. Mm -hmm. So Wonderful. thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Damon. And I look forward to accepting that challenge. We'll see how that what that looks like. <laughs> so great. Kenneth, how about yourself? Final thoughts? Yes, uh, I want to say also thank you for having us on the show. I said it before, I think this is a great opportunity to talk about Black men and some of the issues that we're faced with and opportunities to show some of the benefits that we or the, the trials that we overcome to be who we are today. So I think that's uh, an important thing. And then also just making sure that, you know, we're starting to acknowledge, you know, the things that black men are doing in the community, you know, the family men's they are, you know, the the community events, you know, maybe they're, you know, doing big brothers, big sisters, programs like that, those things that they're stepping up to the plate. I, you know, it's great to see that people are acknowledging that there are some positive people out there, especially black men that are doing some big things and making differences in people's lives. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this, uh, this podcast and just, you know, appreciate any opportunity to come back and speak. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kenneth, for being with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rudy, how about yourself? Being that you are not only the president and CEO of Neighborhood House Association, but, you know, certainly uh, my main sponsor. So um, certainly appreciate having you here today and for all the support you've given Leadership Matters through the years. Well, first of all, let me thank you, Dr. White. I mean, you you keep this uh, show going. You've done a wonderful job. It's always great to be on with you and our colleagues. So it's been terrific. Um, I guess there would be three thoughts I would have. I guess the first thought would be um, I read a book early in my career called Third in a Mile. Uh, it was written by... Um, a, a group of African-American quarterbacks mm -hmm. who talked about their journey through the NFL and opportunities or lack thereof. And they felt like it was always third down in a mile instead of mm -hmm. third down in short yardage. Um, and I think as African-American men, we're placed in third and a mile positions, you know, and um, you usually take over organizations that are not in very good shape, Right. You don't get your opportunity to run um, clean organizations that are up and running. So that's number one. Number two, you know, law is law, whether you're black, white, green, purple. A pilot is a pilot. Um, there are just some things instead of classifying ourselves as African-American professionals, we have to be professionals first who happen to present as African-American or black. And um, the last piece I'll say is, you know, oftentimes, you know, especially when you get into positions like ours, you are pigeonholed into um, this classification of an individual that can only lead or function in African-American or people of color serving environments. In other words, you can't take your same recipe and take that transfer of skill set to an organization that may not necessarily cater to folks of color or underrepresented individuals. And when you have boards making decisions on leadership opportunities, sometimes you get pigeonholed. And so I guess the invitation that I would give to folks that are listening to this show, if you are a decision maker at a policy level, understand that 
those skill sets are transferable outside of organizations that are perceived to cater to people of color. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, just again, some uh, powerful closing thoughts uh, to ponder. So thank you again, um, Dwight Smith, Kenneth Maso, Damon Carson, and Rudolph Johnson for joining us today for Leadership Matters. And thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. We invite you to send topics that you might be interested in hearing more about to Leadership Matters questions at innovisions.org. That's Leadership Matters questions, no spaces, at innovisions.org. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or download our podcast at your convenience on demand. Again, thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White and Dr. Andre Howard is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.